everyone poops. It's not always socially acceptable to talk about unless you're a nurse or a triathlete, but everyone does it. Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Amelia, take me back to when the kids were little. That's a book. Everyone poops. Did you have that book at your house? (laughs) We did have that book, Cam. And the funny thing is kids love to talk about poop. And a lot of dudes do too. But as grown women, we rarely bring this up because, you know, it's not cool to do so. Yeah. And also it totally fits in to what your mama didn't tell you. That is absolutely true. Um, so yeah, yeah we're going to talk about this today because it's really important, not just for midlife health, but for all of health. But I think it fits well after we've done uh, the digestive health last week. Yeah. And as soon as we finished recording the morning routine episode a few weeks ago, we were like, oh my gosh. And I said, Amelia, we forgot this because it's part of my morning routine for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I prefer it to be. It's not always. I always feel a little off if I don't poop in the morning. But yep. uh, yeah, definitely the best day starts with a poop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism in 2018 and constipation and that go hand in hand. And, and I didn't know, I mean, there are so many things I didn't know throughout my forties, but once I learned that my gut health and my acne and not pooping is part of my hormone problems, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn everything I can about this. <laughs> that is so interesting. My perspective and interest in poop is slightly different. Um, the first thing is my aunt died of colon cancer and I worked in a hospital. So this is kind of at the forefront of my mind, like all of the things I don't want to have. And I've known people that seemed perfectly healthy. Of course, I didn't get into their bowel habits, but I've known a lot of people with colon cancer and it's a big deal. And so I definitely wanted to, to know all I could as well. Yeah. And it just seems like the littlest things will interrupt the rhythm of the daily rhythm. Hopefully it's daily, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like changes in your diet, changes in stress, or when you travel, those are certainly things that like interrupt the flow. Absolutely. And other things as well. Dehydration is a big one, especially in the summer for me. Um, I always know the next morning, if I didn't drink enough water the day before, you know, my poop is disrupted. Medicines and aging can affect your bowel habits as well. Yep. And activity levels. We've talked a lot about walking after eating. And so that's another way to get things moving, if you will. (laughs) So also um, illnesses or changes in your hormone levels or even other serious health issues like colon cancer, as you mentioned, or IBS, you hear about all the time on TV with all the different medicines. So any of those changes like day-to-day changes may interrupt your flow. Absolutely. So, you know, we talk about a lot of things to pay attention to, and this is another one of those things. Pay attention to your bowel habits. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about all the organs that are involved in forming poop. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and we think about, you know, the colon and, uh, 
I'll try not to get too sciencey, but the colon <laughs> is the very end of your intestines. It's a six foot long muscular tube. And right at the end of the colon is your rectum. And then the anus is actually the exit of the body. So they're actually uh, anatomically different parts. And when we think about bowel habits and poop, we only think about the colon, but actually your whole GI tract is involved. So starting at your mouth, down your esophagus, into the stomach and the small intestines and large intestines, which is your colon, but also the liver, the gallbladder, and the pancreas are also vital organs that contribute in some way to the formation of poop. Yeah. And so what our liver does, it takes our used up hormones and processes them and converts them so they can exit the body. Um, And so, you know, when you're not going to the bathroom, when you're not letting it exit, then they get recycled, if you will, (laughs) into your body and picked up again. And that is not what we want. (laughs) No. Yeah, absolutely. The liver is such a vital organ. I think we've touched on this on several episodes. It's the one of, one of, but a major detoxifier. The blood runs through the liver and detoxifies it. So we want to keep it as healthy as possible for sure. It also creates bile, um, which actually gives stool its color. So that's a pretty interesting little tidbit as well. Yeah. And this is interesting. And I knew this about acne. So if your liver can't handle the toxic load and you're not exiting your used up hormones, then literally it pushes out through your skin. Hello. And skin is a very large, your largest detox organ. And if you're not eliminating these toxins, they get literally pushed through your skin. And that's, that's one of the major reasons I became interested in gut health and going to the bathroom and all of this. Right, exactly. So Cam, what are some other things that might be happening if we don't go poop every day? Well, so estrogen dominance is one of the things. So what happens is your liver takes up your used up estrogen and makes it into a form that you can exit when you go to the bathroom. So estrogen dominance would include things like PMS, mood swings, weight gain, hair loss, et cetera, acne, all those yucky things. And that's just because your body is reusing recycling, which I'm a huge fan of recycling, but not (laughs) when it comes to my estrogen, (laughs) I want it out. (laughs) um, This whole thing about estrogen has been kind of new to me since I've known you and maybe a little bit beforehand, but I did not know this. And so this is really, really important information um, because I don't think it's very well understood or talked about in common, you know, circles or whatever, even in the health and wellness space, I have to say. So thank you for bringing that up. I love it. Um, One little thing I wanted to say about bile, just because, you know, it's a, it's part of digestion is that bile is very important in, um, fat digestion and metabolism. And so, uh, back when I was working in the laboratory, one of the things that we would do was measure fecal fat or fat in your stool, which may be an indicator that your that your bile production isn't good or your fat metabolism isn't good. And this wasn't really part of this talk, but there are actual laboratory tests that can indicate whether or not you are absorbing nutrients well, whether your GI tract is doing its job. And that's just one of those things. Yeah. And so this is not in our notes and off topic, but maybe you've heard about this. Have you heard about fecal transplants? Yes. Yes. And I was so incredibly grossed out by this when I first heard it. But once I did some research and talked to some of my friends, because we do this at our local hospital, I did learn about it. And it's actually pretty interesting. 
Yes. Um, I recently on a podcast, I heard about somebody that had a fecal transplant developed diabetes based on the fecal that they implanted, changed yeah. her whole blood sugar situation. And, oh, and the, re- re- the reverse is true as well. Uh-huh. I've, I've read where cases of people who actually, because of the fecal transplant, didn't develop full-blown diabetes if they were headed towards type 2 or something like that. So just for those folks that don't know, a fecal transplant is actually geared towards changing your microbiome. And um, it, it apparently has become quite the popular and relatively not invasive procedure. I mean, I, I don't know the logistics. I'm thinking it might occur somewhat like a colonoscopy, mm-hmm. but it's gaining popularity because yep. there's so much dysbiosis in our guts in the in the United States that people are taking these relatively drastic measures to correct it. Yes. I, so I was going to ask you the details, but I guess we won't get that yep. far. Yep. But, that, yeah, that's that's about as much as I know. It's something okay. I certainly hope I don't need. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually H. pylori is a type of infection mm-hmm. that is very, very common. And I think, although don't quote me on this, that sometimes fecal transplants are done to correct a, an overgrowth overgrowth of this H. pylori bacteria. Yeah, I think that was the case I heard about recently. And yes, it is in the news more and more lately. So anyway, so your gut health is so important. Any, you know, like most of your serotonin, which is your happy hormone is made in your gut. And so we're just talking about the process of getting rid of our toxins and our waste products today. It's all related though. It's all related. All re- it's all related. So let's just get down to the nitty gritty, Cam. Tell us mm-hmm. about the stool Bristol, excuse me, the Bristol stool chart. Yes. Okay. So this is amazing. And I encourage you to Google it. And, um, and then I want you to check your own biofeedback. So it's based on the shape and how, how your poop is formed or how loose it is. And it's literally feedback about what happened the day before. That's super cool. So from what I, from what I've read, this is on a school, a scale of one to seven where one is the hardest stool and seven is the loosest stool. Is that accurate? Yes, that's right. And so one would be like the little tiny balls of like nuts of poop. That's like, that's a one. And a seven would be like loose diarrhea kind of situation. Right, exactly. So <laughs> right. what do we want it to be? So types three and four are well-formed. They're easy to pass. And it's thought of as being healthy and most ideal. So a three and four on the chart, which I want you to Google. <laughs> Yeah, they might actually have pictures. So I listen to um, The Art of Well-Being. I think it's Dr. Will Cole. And anytime he gets a chance to talk about poop, he loves it. And he's like, <laughs> one to two snakes a day, one to two snakes a day. That That's what's ideal. So you definitely, I, I'm assuming that's in that middle range. And um, I had a friend who used to say, yes, period poop that's shaped like a period, like those balls are really not healthy. So if you have a lot of that, that might be an indicator that something might be wrong. Yeah. And and for me, that means I need more, I need more water and I need more veggies in my life. And that's kind of how I use it to judge. Oh, Oh, Cam, you didn't get enough veggies yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I agree. I agree. So along the, the lines of what you should look for it's interesting, and I and I touched on this before. Um, the color of stool, it's generally some sort of shade of brown and possibly green, depending on what you've you've eaten. It is 
the bile that's secreted by the liver, concentrated by the gallbladder, is what gives stool its color, but it can change. So I don't know if you've had this happen, Cam. Have you ever had the fake bleeding stool where you ate a bunch of beets and it looks like your poop was <laughs> bleeding? Uh, uh, yes. The first time I ever ate beets, I was like, what in the heck is going on here? <laughs> and beets, it's, by the way, are known for your liver. They help detox yes. your liver. So it's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, if you ever think your poop is bleeding, it's not. You probably had some red food. Hopefully it was something healthy like beets. But it can also, if you have a green juice or lots of green veggies, spirulina sometimes will like shade the poop a little bit green or even blue. So mm -hmm. obviously what you eat makes a big difference in the color, but it could also be um, other things. Um, you know, like medications or supplements. What you don't want is black or tarry stools, which could be an indication of bleeding in the GI tract. A lot of uh, blood in your GI tract, once it's old, it does turn black. And when you pass it, it will look black and tarry. So be very cognizant. Um, and, and this brings up a good point, Cam. You know, people don't want to look in the potty when they go. And I'm like, you should look. You need to know what it looks like. <laughs> it's biofeedback. Look yeah, the absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so on the other hand, um, loose watery stools are no good either. Um, so maybe it was something you ate and you have like an upset stomach. It didn't agree with you. But it also could be a sign of infection or some broader GI issue that requires medical attention. Absolutely. So obviously, we've all had diarrhea at some point. Um, honestly, we might have talked about this in the last episode, the scared kid syndrome in college where, you know, <laughs> yeah. you get diarrhea before a big exam. So, you know, obviously, if you have loose watery stools and you know, oh, I, my stomach felt bad last night or I ate some unusual food or I'm very stressed. But definitely, if this is a sudden onset of consistent diarrhea, please seek a medical professional. Um, not to be a downer, but I do know um, a woman who has passed, but her first indicator that something was wrong was consistent diarrhea and it ended up she had ovarian cancer. So please pay attention to these changes in habits. Yeah. And also just thinking of hormonally, right? So when I was menstruating, when I went to poop, it was always different around my period. Did that happen to you too? Yeah. It, I don't, I, I've heard it happen more profoundly with other women. Mm -hmm. I did have that occasionally. Yeah. And usually yeah. it was accompanied by the, some of that abdominal pain as well. Yeah. And I just want to also mention sometimes my stomach gets upset, upset emotionally. This happened a lot more when I was in my 20s and 30s. And it Im almost immediately ended up me in the bathroom. So your emotions can also cause loose stools. So it may be something like that instead of just something physical. So be curious about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So we have color, we have shape, we have consistency, we have frequency. And I've always wondered, so let's just face it, everybody poops, all creatures, and it stinks. So what what causes the smell? Well, A, it's like what you're excreting, so that's no fun. But there could mm -hmm. be some things that cause it to, to change in odor. So we're talking about things like, again, what you ate could be, or malabsorption issues. So if you have an issue... Um, and the main ones that we hear about a lot on the TV are celiac disease, IBD, Crohn's disease, ulcerative, ulcerative colitis. All of these things could change the smell of the stool. Yeah. And it's, it, I, yeah. And I don't know much about this other than I'm always associating it with what I ate the day before. Onions used to bother me. I don't notice that anymore. 
That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, medication supplements and infections could also cause a change in odor, but you know, that's just another like again, biofeedback, right? Yeah, just biofeedback. It also could be caused by getting too much fat soluble vi- vitamins like A, D, E, and K, but sometimes those can cause diarrhea. Absolutely. That's a that's a really good point because a lot of people don't know which vitamins are fat soluble and which ones are water soluble. So our water soluble soluble vitamins like B and C are are they're excreted through your kidney. So for instance, um I take a vitamin B supplement and sometimes my urine will be really bright yellow and that's yes. my B vitamins. So, you yes. know, we, we, we have a way, our body's very smart. It absorbs what we need and gets rid of what we don't need. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have the fat soluble and the water soluble and our body knows what to get rid of. Yeah. And you mentioned on our last episode about taking your vitamin D3 with K2 with fat in your diet. So that helps your body use it because, you know, who wants to buy supplements and take supplements if they're not actually being used by your your body? So I'm always kind of glad when I pee yellow and my beef is working. (laughs) Oh, it works. It's not just some, some fake pill. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just a plug here, folks, if you do take supplements, make sure that you take something from a reputable company. Cam's really helped me a lot with that. And so maybe we, I don't know if we want to, to link anything in the show notes of what we take, but, you know, definitely consult someone you trust because there's a whole market of crap on the out there and you can spend hundreds of dollars on stuff that doesn't work. Yeah, we'll link it. I'll, I'll, my most trusted, I'll, we'll link all that in there. Yeah. Excellent. Multi, multivitamins or multi supplements are not regulated. So yeah. you just, you just don't know what you're getting. So trust your source. Trust your source for sure. Um, so Cam, there are some solutions or, or certainly things we can do to get our poop regimen on track. Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit of that, about what that might look like? Yeah, let's start with water, making sure you're hydrated. And this is just a general rule of thumb. If you take your body weight and you cut that in half, that's a, approximately how many ounces of water you should drink a day. And we're talking like straight water, like just water, water, <laughs> not fizzy water. Sometimes I'll drink sparkling water. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and coffee doesn't count because coffee actually dehydrates you. So let's just talk about straight water. And ladies, you're going to feel so much better. Your body's going to work better if you're hydrated. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the poop will be better, but I find that my skin looks better when I'm mm-hmm. hydrated as well. Yeah. And you're less likely to have headaches, headaches. The number yeah. one cause of headaches is dehydration. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah. And so, yeah. And so if you have a headache, instead of popping an ibuprofen, which you know is going to jack up your gut health, why don't you drink some water and then check in and see how you feel? Absolutely. That's a great point. And you know, another thing that can really help is, and we talk about this every week, moving <laughs> your body. So yeah. there is no downside to moving your body unless it's in excess, which we've talked about before, but <laughs> moving your body is literally, you know, moving your insides and exercising your gut. So this is all good as well. I, I posted a video about walking after dinner on TikTok. I'm on TikTok now, ladies, and it's really fun over there. It's just really like raw. Just anyway. So somebody commented that they walk until they don't feel full anymore. And I'm like, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. 
Because everyone's like, well, how, how far do you walk? How long do you walk? How fast do you walk? <laughs> when do you walk? And, and then somebody just commented, I just walk until I don't feel full. And I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> it's so brilliant, Cam. And, you know, we've talked before about embrace, don't brace. So some of these things don't have hard and fast rules. These are recommendations. So I mm-hmm. like that. It, it's, a, it's a subjective biofeedback way to indicate when enough is enough. When enough is enough. <clears throat> I do know if I'm eating carby carbs, I'm going to go sooner rather than later, just yeah. because I know that's how my body changes it into sugar faster. So Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. So what about stress? How does, we talked a little bit about stress, but what can we do about stress? Yeah. So if you're always under stress, your body's not going to know when to release and eliminate all these toxins and these used up hormones, right? You're always go, 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 go your body doesn't know. It doesn't know to go. (laughs) Exactly. Stress is stress. And I used to tell when I used to coach triathletes, I would tell them your body doesn't know the difference in stresses. And so if you Mm -hmm. have a very stressful week at work, maybe your training, and again, I'm talking to triathletes here, your training regimen needs to be softened a little bit. So, you know, Pay attention to that biofeedback because whatever the source of stress, it doesn't matter. You're still going to have a physical or, you know, reaction to it. Um, one yeah, thing, and, w- go ahead. Sorry. And that includes, and that includes your thoughts that so your thoughts can also mm. cause that physical stress within your body, releasing cortisol and adrenaline and, and you won't poop. <laughs> so it's your thoughts as well, as well as your physical. I totally think that's very intuitive what you told your triathletes. If you've had a stressful day at work or a stressful week at work, that's going to translate into your physical, your physical training as well. We have to rest as well, right? Absolutely. So, oh, rest. Yeah. So take the time to chew your food and like sit down at your meals I remember when the kids were little and like the go, go, go between practices and eating dinner on the fly, like that is not how your body wants to digest food and um, sitting down, putting your fork down, having a great conversation at the meal, you know, resting is part of their digestion. So chewing yeah. and taking your time. I love that because so many of us do eat in the car or on the go. And that's really not the best way. I realize that sometimes those those times are unavoidable. But I love that you said that because, you know, we've talked about joy off your plate and we can combine off and on your plate. Have a great meal. Enjoy the cooking. I love how you talk about one of your favorite things is cooking with your family and Mm -hmm. having music on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those that's joy. But it also because you're in a rested, relaxed state does aid in your digestion. It does. And your body's able to use the the vitamins and the minerals and the protein and everything that's in your food, which is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely. What else can we do? Well, boosting our fiber is important. So soluble fiber helps bulk up your poop and insoluble fiber helps eliminate your poop. So, you know, on repeat here, non-starchy fruits and veggies, plus like flax seeds and chia seeds and things like that, adding those to your diet, you can sprinkle those on yogurt and a smoothie on a salad, whatever will help increase your fiber. It feeds your gut binome, which is also a benefit. And then it helps go to the bathroom. (laughs) So yeah, so good. So many good ways to use those foods that are so vital. Yeah. And then what's our last thing on our list? (laughs) Well, our last thing on our list relates to being calm. So a little bit on the rest to digest um, idea. So magnesium, and I am like the champion of magnesium currently, (laughs) Cam, you really, really helped me with this. So Mm -hmm. I take magnesium every day and I can see a huge difference, not in just the poop schedule, but also just how I feel. 
Yeah, it's a it's a calming mineral. It's called the relaxation mineral, I think. And you think about Epsom salt is loaded with magnesium. It just helps your cells work better. And one of the benefits is helping you go to the bathroom. Yeah, I will say there's a couple of actually there may be more than a couple. The ones I know about of magnesium compounds, there's magnesium gluconate, I think, or glyconate. I'm not sure. Um, that's really, that's the one I take at night to calm, but magnesium citrate, I take that in the morning and that is actually does help you, um, your bowels move. So there, there's a little bit different formulation as far as I can understand, but I think they both have value. Yeah. There's so many kinds of magnesium and they are specific to certain, whatever the ailment is. Absolutely. But citrate is the one for pooping. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't think I needed it, Cam, but uh-huh. honestly, since I've been taking it consistently, I feel so much better. So I'm yeah. glad I added that to my supplement regimen. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're feeling great. It's, it's amazing. If I don't use the restroom in the morning, I have a very funny, like I want to use it in the morning, then I want to take a shower, like there are certain parts of my morning routine, which we did not mention the other day. And um, it really makes you feel better when you're going to the bathroom instead of blah and bloated and all that. Absolutely. So the takeaway here, folks, is like it always is, pay attention to your body, listen to and see what it's trying to tell you. And uh, digestion and pooping is part of that routine. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.